You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Aaron Wallace, which is part three of the sermon series, This Is Family. For more information, please visit creekside.org. Good to see you all this morning. Did anybody bring me flowers? I see a, I see a bunch of people walking around with them. I guess that uh, must have been some wonderful children bringing it to their mothers. I uh, want to welcome you today. If you're a guest, love to have you take a moment and fill out a connection slip there on your program. Let us know that you were here and uh, drop it in the basket. Uh, those baskets are also, if you want to give an offering, uh, that's really for people who call Creekside their home. Give online, however you'd like to do that. Um, also on your table, there's a little questionnaire. Uh, we want to get these finished up. So if you have not filled one of these out yet, it will take you about two minutes this morning before you go. Would you please uh, take a moment to fill it out? and uh, put it in the basket. We would appreciate it. We're going to get you the information in a uh, probably, a, probably a week or so. You are receiving a treat. Hey, Danny, could you throw me one of those, please? Let's see if I got it. Okay. Now, can you throw me about six more of those? I'm, uh, <laughs> thank you. One more. Thank you. You got to get it here. Thank you. Okay, that's good. That'll get me through service. Um, you, you know, this is just a little gift that kind of speaks of your value. Uh, this morning for my wife, uh, she's not my mom, but I gave her, uh, duh, <laughs> but, so I, but I always give her a Mother's Day card because she is the mother of uh, our kids, and, um, and I give her a box of hot tamales because that's her favorite candy, and, uh, but I saved the best for you which is uh, one of my girlfriends, Mama C's. So um, enjoy it because you're such sweet ladies. And uh, we're thrilled that you're here. By the way, happy Mother's Day. And uh, it's, uh, what, a, what an honor for me to be able to, to bless you. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. A couple of quick other announcements. Uh, dinner auction is coming this Saturday, 4.30. If you haven't got your tickets yet, that's right. Sign up, get your tickets. Uh, if you have kids that uh, want to go to camp, this is a great way for you to work, help them work, uh, to raise some money to be able to go to summer camp this year. And uh, the information you can find through the youth ministry or the children's ministry. Last thing, growth tracks coming. Information is in there, class 101. If you want to know more about Creekside, ultimately consider becoming a member. We would encourage you to go and be a part of that. Then we have 201 and 301 information in your program. Global leadership is coming. And uh, that's always a great time and very important uh, for just developing uh, your personal self. You may say, well, I really don't lead anything. Well, if you're living, hopefully, as a Christ follower, there's some things that you're leading, whether it's in your home or you can become a leader at work or uh, just to, be, to grow as a person. This is a great, great summit. It lasts for two days, so we encourage you to do that. Sign up online. Um, I know you're probably all really comfortable now, and you're finally quiet. So, and I, that's, that's good. I love to hear some of the chatter. But would you stand one more time with me? I don't want someone sneaking this out of my possession. I am... Uh, Proverbs 30 is an incredible passage. It's probably one of those passages that if you're a woman, you read it and you go, yeah, right. But uh, I think this is just it's such a powerful statement about so many women. Proverbs 31 at verse 25 says, strength and honor are her clothing. I love this. And she can laugh at the time to come, which basically means, you know what? She understands that there's going to be a better time if you're in a difficult time. She knows that things are going to get better. And she brings this levity to the people around them and, and in her home. She watches over the activities uh, of her household. Her sons rise up and call her blessed, and her husband praises her. Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. 
Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will always be praised. So give her the reward of her labor. And let her works praise her at the city gates or at the church sanctuary. Or in your home today. So I want to encourage you, and I'm sure you've already started that. Bless your mother with your words, with your actions, and uh, be a blessing to her. Rise up and call her blessed. If, if your mother's in here, would you just go stand with her? And um, I, I want to pray for moms this morning. And if your mom isn't here, then just be praying for her and give thanks to God for her. I understand mothers are imperfect, but yet they're about as close to perfection as anybody can be, right? So just kind of hug on them there and grab them and let's speak life and blessing and give thanks for them. Father God, we come today in Jesus' name. We thank you for this heritage and the legacy that our mamas leave us. Lord, they not only give us biological birth through the creative power and process of your life. But Lord, they also come, they instill wisdom into us and they live their life serving us, giving to us and speaking words of life and encouragement over us. And I pray that today that every mother that stands here, Lord, would experience just the smile of Christ upon them. And that these very words that we spoke from the scriptures, they would sense that, Lord, from their kids and even from their, their husband, that they would speak good things and, Lord, almost prophesy, speak life into their lives. Lord, there's probably mothers here that are going through difficult seasons. We want to lift them up and encourage and strengthen them. And that, Lord, you would let them know that you're walking with them and that, uh, Lord, you're overseeing those things that they face. So strengthen, Lord, those who would be in difficult seasons. Lord, I pray over our families today. We give thanks, God, that you want to watch over and bless them. And so today, Lord, we simply want to honor you by honoring those that you've given to us. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Give them a hug or a handshake or a high five and go ahead and have a seat if you would. I told you I would have something sweet for you, so we got that for the mothers and the ladies. And uh, now I, the surprise for everybody is uh, the speaker this morning <coughs> is not me, and uh, so that's a good thing. So what I want to do, though, is I want to welcome our speaker. They're part of our staff. They've been here for a little bit over a year. Uh, this person and I go way back. Uh, I was actually in the vicinity of where they were born. Uh, they were part of the Lodi Church when I was a youth pastor there uh, back in the 1800s. And um, <laughs> so she, she's not that old, but uh, I just about am. But uh, it was a great time. I got to know her and her brother Zeb, who was here today playing the guitar. And, and I got to know her family. Uh, she's a, a 2008 graduate of New Hope Bible College. And uh, so we're really thrilled to have our friend, Erin Wallace, come and share on Mother's Day. Would you give her a big welcome, please? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, this is my second out-of-body experience this morning. Um, but I am thrilled to be uh, able to share some thoughts with you today and so incredibly honored that um, PT would ask me. Um, this is not a small thing. <laughs> um, and it's too late to ask to trade, so we're in it together. Um, it is Mother's Day. Gentlemen, if you have forgotten, I have some recommendations for you. And ladies, just pretend like we didn't talk about this um, Three things, dudes, that you can do for your ladies today. The first one, give her a quiet house for a nap. Take the children somewhere or the dog. And she can take a bath or a nap, but the house will be quiet. The uh, second thing is um, kick her out of the house for a few hours and say, go to Starbucks and then go to Target. <laughs> 
I love Target. <laughs> I don't remember what I was getting once, but it was some everyday thing. And Jake looks at me and goes, you're going to Target, aren't you? Oh, yeah, the, street, the store down the street has it, but I'm going to Target. Uh, the third thing is um, kick her out of the house for an evening. Put the children to bed by yourself. I promise you can do it. Um, and send her out with some girlfriends for a girl's night out. I promise you, even if you got her a gift, give her one of those things. <laughs> I promise you, you give her any of those things, and by the time the door closes behind her, she will be hand to heaven. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm super thrilled to be here with you guys and sharing with you. Um, when PT asked me if I would share with you on Mother's Day, he said the working title was The Joy of Mothering, and I laughed to myself because currently my children are four and five months old. And um, I feel like, how does that make me the right person to talk about finding joy and mothering? I am mostly, most days, knee-deep in diapers, dealing with tantrums, and I look like a cave troll. <laughs> um, any moms ever get to that point in the day where you're like, I, did I shower today? <laughs> I know I didn't brush my teeth, but it's like 5 p.m. And you're like, well, he's coming home soon, but he gets the cave troll. So. Anyway, I, I told PT I, I would think about it and pray about it and talk to Jake, and here I am. And my prayer is that even though this is all filtered through the lens of motherhood, that um, we can all glean something from today. Um, I'm still pretty new at this parenting gig, so I really don't have tons of wisdom to share. But one thing I do know about parenting and about life is that in all reality, none of us knows what we're doing, and we're all just winging it. And it's just the truth. <laughs> um, it's just a big guessing game. And no matter how good anyone looks, whether they're on stage or they're not, they're all guessing and riding the roller coaster too. And everyone gets to the point of throwing their hands up and saying, Jesus, take the wheel, because I don't feel like I can survive. And I believe that a relationship with Jesus is essential to not just surviving, but thriving in the chaos of parenthood and in the chaos of life. So today, my sole aim is to just point us toward Jesus, because we sure need him when we guess wrong or when we try that thing that that parenting book told us would work and fix our problem, didn't work, and now we have a whole new set of problems. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, I was sitting somewhere over there, and I was listening to one of PT's messages. He started to talk about the story of Jesus when uh, Mary and Martha um, meet with, with him. And um, I'm so sorry to say, PT, I started to check out because I was very tired, um, but also because I grew up in church and I had heard this story a thousand times. Yes, I get it. I got to sit at the feet of Jesus. Thank you. I should have time for that, but I don't feel like I do. Diapers need to be changed. Dishes need to be done. Laundry needs to be done. And I have the opportunity for 10 minutes of sleep, so I'm going to pray that Jesus speaks through a dream today. And... Um, then, as Jesus often does, he caught my attention. So if you would, turn with me to Luke 10, 38 through 41. And then um, you can also find Psalm 139, because um, we'll return to that a couple of times. Uh, Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who said, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset 
about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better. Jesus. Yes, the diapers need to be changed. The dishes in the laundry need to be done. And sleep is important. But Aaron, have you met with Jesus today? Has his presence in the mundane been something that you've tried to be aware of? Trust me, I didn't feel like he was saying, go ahead, live in a pigsty and let your children run amok. You did not come and hear me say that you are no longer having to do housework. <laughs> but what I feel like he was saying to, uh, to me and to us is, I need to be your focus. You need to give me your attention. Put me first, and I'll help you prioritize the rest. And as mothers, we have so many things that work to steal our focus. Getting kids out of bed, feeding kids, dressing kids, breaking up fights, packing lunches, giving timeouts, taking kids to school, going to work ourselves, making dinner, picking kids up from school, taking them to soccer practice, bedtime, second bedtime. <laughs> third bedtime. <laughs> Go back to your bed. <laughs> if you come out of your room one more time. <laughs> and if we're lucky, we fit in some time for ourselves. But often by the time we get there, the last thing that we want to do is focus on anything. And over time, as I thought about this more and more and tried taking steps, to keep more focus on Jesus during the day. I got to thinking, what if these aren't the real distractions? What if the distractions are a little more subtle than that? What if they're deeper than that? And what if these subtle but deep distractions are really attacks from the enemy to pull our focus away from Jesus? And I started to think about my day-to-day -day, um, approach to mothering differently. I started to look for Jesus in the midst of the laundry and the dishes and diapers. I stopped trying to find the perfect time to talk with him and just talk to him throughout the day. I still try to set aside time. doesn't always happen. Kids wake up early, blah, blah, blah. But in preparing for today, I came up with four ways that our focus can be stolen from Jesus. And I'm, I'm sure there are more. I know there are more but I really don't feel like being here till midnight and I have a steak and shrimp dinner waiting for me in Lodi for Mother's Day, so we're just going to stick to four. Um, my brother's making that for me, by the way. <laughs> um, the first way that we get distracted is through buying into an illusion. Um, this belief or this idea that everyone else has it together and I'm the only one struggling. And when we live in a world with airbrushed and filtered images constantly on our face and commercials and advertisements that constantly tell us, you need this to make you happy. Have you ever seen how people take a drink of their Dr. Pepper in the commercials? Nobody's that happy after that. Maybe you are, I don't know. Um, but these images constantly in our face, they can create unrealistic standards in our mind. Let me show you an example of what I'm talking about. This is not reality. Protein makes perfect. Okay. But who, who looks like that in the morning? They don't, that is not a cave troll. Okay, that's Salma Hayek. Who pours milk like that? I don't pour, if I poured milk like that, it would be all over the floor. Maybe her milk is blessed by fairies. I don't know. But I don't look that fabulous in the morning, and my bathrobe surely does not look like that. It is like my shroud of motherhood. It is like covered in, well, I washed it, but it, it has spit up, it's got coffee on it, or food got crusted on it, you know, when you spill and you don't realize you spilled, and then there it is, and you've been walking around with this spill on you all day. But by the way, if you see me in that on social media, and it's like the tighter it is around my, if it's really tight around my face, just send help. I'm trying to coping with life. Um, but anyway, um, we see things like this every day. 
And they can make us feel like everything should be easy, like pouring milk like that, so fabulous. Um, And everything should be pretty, but it's just not. And then we have social media, which has made it possible for us to share our own filtered images and highlight reels. People see what we want them to see. We post the fun and the funny and the good stuff. I've done that. I have definitely chosen a filter on Instagram that makes it look like I do not have bags under my eyes. And I wish I could do that to my driver's license photo. Anybody else? They always come out so bad. But the truth about social media is that it is the Botox of the internet. It makes everything look better than it really is. Holds everything up. But behind every happy social media feed is a real person who is really dealing with real stuff. The problem is, if we're only sharing our highlights, it's easy to look around and think, man, I am the only one struggling. I'm the only one with a messy house and messy kids and a messy life. I'm the only fraud. The truth is, we all at some time or another have a messy house or messy kids or a messy life. We just get really good at covering it up. We even did it before social media. But what we're all doing is living in a masked insecurity. And it can be exhausting keeping up appearances. So I wanted to give us an opportunity to start to get real with each other this morning. If you follow me on social media, you know that I love asking questions. And every Friday I post one, and it's fun to watch people answer and um, connect. And it has only failed me once. I asked, who likes LaCroix? Yes or no? And 149 people voted on that poll, and it came out exactly 50-50. Yeah. I know, I'm surprised. It tastes like they thought about putting raspberries in it. Anyway, so we're going to do this. Whether you're a parent or you're not, mother, father, just raise your hand if this applies to you. Have you ever stolen some of your child or another child's Halloween candy? (laughs) Okay. I'm still stealing from Jeremiah's stash. (laughs) Have you ever hidden in the bathroom or hidden the fact that you were enjoying a treat, like a cookie, from a child so you didn't have to share it? Have you ever been asked so many questions that your brain just goes numb? The other day, my my child asked me these two questions in a row. Mommy, why is green a color? (laughs) Mommy, what are words? (laughs) I finally just told him, honey, why don't you just go ask Jesus questions? (laughs) I got out of answering more, and I encouraged a relationship with Jesus, so I think it's a (laughs) win-win. Have you ever called out the name of a child you were lo- uh, other uh, Have you ever called out the name of a child but you were looking for a different child? My mom goes through five names before she gets to mine. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night to a child screaming or crying and not been the best version of yourself? I am barely hanging on to my Christianity in the middle of the night if I get woken up. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I know you're going to let one of my kids wake me up tonight. I have to speak tomorrow. He didn't. I got a full night's sleep. Thank God. Uh, Have you ever not been the best version of yourself in the middle of the day? Have you ever said something to your child or to someone that you wish you could take Have you ever gone to bed feeling like a failure? Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) 
I'm so sorry. I'm just keeping it real, y'all. <laughs> Have you ever thought, I just can't do this? See? You're not alone. What if we all got real and said when we were struggling every day? And I'm not talking about airing our dirty laundry all the time and on Facebook or having no tact and no filter, because there are appropriate and inappropriate times to share information. But what if we stopped hiding our messes and stopped shaming others for theirs? I think we have to do this. Because while the world may tell us to hide our mess, God says, don't hide your mess. Give it to me. And he's not looking for this shy, okay, Jesus, here's my mess. Okay, but let me take this piece and this piece and this piece off for you. Make it look kind of pretty. There you go. Maybe I should take it back. No. No. He says to come boldly to him when we need him. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Don't you love that it's called the throne of grace? And here's the deal. God knows we're a mess. He knows the mess is big. He knows the mess is ugly. And he welcomes us anyway. Psalm 139 um, puts it in a way that is unlike any other. Verse 1 through 4. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Sees it, and he welcomes us. And we should do that for each other, too. I recently had one of those mom meltdowns. You know what I'm talking about? It's where you just, you, you lose it because the mess is too overwhelming. Hope hadn't yet start, started sleeping through the night, and I was just beside myself trying to keep up with everything, um, all while being very sleep-deprived, and it wasn't that Jake wasn't helping. He was, but I was still trying to do it on my own. And you can ask Jake, it was bad. <laughs> it was that ugly, sobbing cry, like Kim Kardashian's ugly cry has nothing on this ugly cry. And he was a rock star. He didn't look at me like I was crazy, even though I totally was. He just hugged me and was there for me. And he said, look, we're gonna, we'll figure this out. We're going to, I'll help you where I'm helping you. I'm here with you. We'll figure this out. After getting all of that out, I did the only thing I could do. And I asked for help. I um, text Monique and um, Lori, and they are such a gift to Creekside, not just to our staff, but to all of you. Um, and they were so gracious. They said, all right, let me take care of this for you. Don't worry about it. I was supposed to meet with them that day. No problem. Please get some rest. We're here for you. And then I text my mom and my stepmom, and um, they encouraged me. And with a couple of hours, my mom showed up at my house to help me with my kids and to give me a nap. Moms are the best. I also asked a friend who's a sleep coach for some tips. And I'm happy to say that we made it through that, and Hopi has been sleeping through the night for about a month now. Because <laughs> sleep deprivation is no joke. It is no joke. As ugly as that was, I'm so glad I reached out and was honest because I was drowning in my own de determination to be superwoman. 
That leads me to another way that the enemy tries to get at moms. It's through our independence. I got this. I'm good. I don't need help. House is on fire. Don't know where my kids are. I'm good. No worries. Sometimes it's because we just want to hide. Sometimes it's being stubborn. And sometimes it's because we don't want to be a burden to anyone else. And regardless of what the reason is, it's important and crucial to ask for help or accept help when it's offered. Now, asking for or accepting help has never been a strong suit of mine. You can ask my husband. Um, I'm working on it still. I'm pretty determined to figure things out on my own. And you guys, I just know that I have passed this on to my children, so please intercede on my behalf. Um, In the summer of 2017, Jake and I got an unexpected lesson in the importance of asking for and accepting help. I was pregnant and was experiencing what seemed to be a completely healthy pregnancy. But as we inched towards our 12-week ultrasound, we started to realize that something just wasn't right. And so we went to our ultrasound, and as soon as we saw the screen, we knew something was wrong. Um, After the ultrasound, um, and in talking with the doctor, and getting some blood tests done, our worst fears were confirmed. I was in the process of miscarrying. We let a few people know, and they surrounded us in all the ways we didn't know we needed They called, they sent messages, they came over, they made sure that I was never alone. People brought us meals, took care of Jeremiah, they brought me flowers, somebody brought me a really awesome brownie, Um, and they let us just openly process even if it was hard to hear, and they didn't make us talk about it if we didn't want to. After After all was said and done, we decided to share our story publicly because even though, uh, because through these people and my amazing doctor and medical staff, we'd seen how God was close to us in the midst of pain. We wanted to point people to Jesus and let them know that it is possible and so incredibly important to worship God even when life throws you a painful curveball because he's still good. And then... There was an even greater outpouring of love and support. People were challenged to deepen their trust in Jesus. Friends, let me tell you, it was worth it to let people love us when things weren't perfect. It is worth it to let people love you when things aren't perfect. Romans 12.15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. It's biblical. People cannot weep with you If you hide the fact that you're weeping, let people in, let people love you. They may notice and ask you, but sometimes you have to speak up. And it's not just friends we need to accept help from, ladies, but it is our spouses too. They can take things off your plate. They may not do it the same way as you, but they can get it done. Jake does not fold shirts the same way that I fold shirts, but they still fit in the drawer and it gets done. Now, please remember, ladies, they can't read your mind. (laughs) We want them to. They can't do it. I get it. We want them to see all the things that we see, but they don't. And for everything that we see that they don't, they see something that we don't. You're overwhelmed by the messes or whatever it is, say so. Try not to fly off the handle about it, but say so. And guys, if she says so, even if she flies off the handle about it, accept her as she is, do what you can to help. Now, there's a whole lot more that could be said about this, and I'm really doing a flyby about marriage, so please do not take this as like the thing that's going to fix everything. 
Um, but recently I read a question that got, really got me to take a look at how Jake and I interact with each other and how we take care of things at home. The question is, based on how you treated your husband today, what did you teach your son to look for in a wife? Or what did you teach your daughter about being a wife? Same question for the guys. I want to teach my daughter that asking for help is not a sign of weakness or incapability, but a sign of a strong partnership with my husband. And I want to teach my son that he should be in a partnership with a wife who speaks words of life as they work together to raise their family. This isn't about, oh, this is his job or this is her job. It's our job to make this family work and manage this house because we're a team. Now, our friends and our spouses aren't the only ones we refuse to ask for help. In the midst of the day-to-day stuff, we forget to invite God into it, and we just leave Jesus to be a Sunday morning thing. And a thought occurred to me the other day. How often in the Bible do we see Jesus ministering to people in the day-to-day stuff? It's everywhere. It is everywhere. Several times he's seen eating meals with people and just like casually dropping these truth bombs that change history. In Matthew 22, 29 through 34, we see when Jesus heals two blind men on the side of the road, just walking from one place to the next. In John 4, Jesus made a difference in the life of the woman at the well when she was getting water. What is more mundane than getting water? Now imagine if these people had said, sorry, Jesus, it was not Sunday. This is not a holy thing I'm dealing with right now. So I can't talk to you. They would have missed out on miracles. They would have missed out on talking to the savior of the world. They would have missed out on breakthrough. I don't want to miss out on that just because it's not Sunday or just because this laundry is not holy. Friends, Jesus can be found in the mundane, and he is eager to be found there. 1 Peter 5, 7, 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. He said all of them. He said all of them. Difficult child, check. Trouble with your spouse, check. Sickness, check. Finances, check. Stupid dishes and laundry that are suffocating us, check. He's ready to meet you there because he is already there. And Psalm 139, starting in verse 7, puts it beautifully. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Or if a mom were writing this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go upstairs to rock babies to sleep, you are there. If I'm making beds, you are there. If I rise in the morning and find a sink full of dishes, you are there. If I settle on my couch and discover stale Cheerios and dried blueberries tucked in between the cushions, that happened to me once, and I was so tired I just put them back, you are there. If I say, surely I can hide in the bathroom and enjoy this candy bar undetected, you are there. 
And even if I shed tears while enjoying said candy bar, you were there. So what happens to us when we don't ask for help and we try to maintain independence? We can isolate ourselves, which is the third way that we can get distracted or our focus can be pulled from Jesus. It comes from this belief that when it all gets to be too much, we can't tell anyone and we can't bring it to Jesus because Jesus knows anyway, you guys, okay? But we can't tell anyone because we're afraid if we're honest, people will run. We don't want to say anything because we don't want to sound too whiny and we don't want to complain. Or maybe we're just flat out embarrassed at how, how bad things are. But friends, isolation is an incredibly dangerous strategy for living life because God built us for relationships and this life is too hard to try to navigate alone. We need people in our lives who will love us as we are and point us towards Jesus. C.S. Lewis says this about sharing how we feel. He says, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than my heart is broken. Parenthood will break your heart, won't it? Life will break your heart, won't it? If it doesn't break you with exhaustion, it breaks you with frustration. If it doesn't break you with self-doubt, it will break you with worry and anxiety. Friends, we need each other to make it through this because parenting is one of the most difficult things we will ever do. And kids are crazy. <laughs> They're psychos. Just this morning, I, uh, Jeremiah was having a conniption because he couldn't find his Batman. I'm like, dude, that thing comes up to your knees. It's huge. Where, how, you can't find it? I got, we have to go to church. I'm supposed to teach today on being a good mother. <laughs> we need people in our lives who will listen and offer encouragement when we need it. Proverbs 12:25 says, "Anxiety is in the heart. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad." We need friends to give us encouragement word, encouraging words, don't we? I frequently text other moms and share my crazy with them, and I almost always get a, I've so been there. I get it. You're doing a good job. Hang on. Bedtime's coming. <laughs> It's so helpful to be encouraged, even in the small stuff. Even in the small stuff. When you share the small stuff, it gets easier to share the big stuff. And honestly, not only do we need encouragement, but sometimes we need a friend who will lovingly tell us to put on our mom jeans and lay down the law. Mom jeans are back in style, by the way. They're called high-rise. <laughs> Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. What does that mean? It means a friend who tells us what we need to hear, even when it hurts, is a friend you can trust. Ladies, let's make it a point here at Creekside to always be open to each other, to share, and to listen to create an environment where we are champions for each other, to be women who live in community with one another, pointing and pushing each other towards Jesus. Let's be women who love each other's kids, fight for each other's marriages, and support each other's dreams. Our Propel Women leadership team does a really fantastic job of creating this kind of environment. Um, there aren't any sessions going on right now, but they're starting up in the fall, and I would encourage you to sign up. Stay tuned to how you, for how you can do that. The reason this team is doing a good job is because they're not just creating this, like, happy brunch. Set with The brunch is fantastic. Oh, my. <laughs> but they're creating an environment um, where we can be honest and open with one another. And it's not just this, like, oh, yay, Jesus. Here you go, girl. They're, they're pointing us to Jesus and they're trying to connect us with each other. 
And I just want to ask our um, propellators to stand for a moment. They didn't, they didn't ask for this. They don't want attention. Stand up, ladies, if you're here. Um, The reason I ask them to stand is because you need to know who they are. If you are here today and you are struggling to connect or you're struggling with life, whether you are a mother or not, please talk to one of them. Talk to me. Let us know. We want to rejoice with you, but we also want to weep with you. We want to see you connect to Jesus. We want to connect you to other women. We want to fight alongside you no matter what you're fighting for. Thank you. So the enemy can get us to isolate. He can convince you that you don't need help because you're misindependent. And he can create the illusion that you're the worst mom on the planet. But really, what he's ultimately after is your sense of identity. Because if he can make you forget whose you are, then he can make you doubt who you are, and the rest is just details. When we don't know who we are in Christ, we will strive to meet every false standard set before us, including the glamorous milk pour. But we'll fall flat on our face every time. We will always fall short. We will always feel like a failure. And we will always feel unfulfilled. Here's the truth I want us all to get today. There is no title that we will ever hold in our lives that is more important than child or friend of God. And I believe this morning that he's saying to us, be my child first. Be my friend first. Talk to me. Put me first and that other stuff won't be able to suffocate you because I'm constantly breathing life into you. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the universe calls you a friend. That's not a friendship I want to miss out on. See, we're not meant to go through this life doing things for Jesus. We're supposed to be doing this with Jesus. Because he's a friend that is closer than a brother and he cares about us every day, not just on Sunday and not when things are perfect and pretty. And that's why Jesus said to Martha that Mary had chosen what was wiser He wanted her to know that friendship with him would give her a solid grip on life because she's friends with him. She'll know who she is and she will know whose she is. Last year I was reading the book The Broken Way by Ann Voskamp. Um, She also wrote 1,000 Gifts and she has a blog um, She's a great writer. It's very poetic and kind of sing-songy. Um, but so she's like this deep well to draw from. Um, so I would encourage you to look her up. But in this book, The Broken Way, she shared some thoughts on our identity in Christ that were so f- powerful. I felt like I found Jesus all over again. I was outside on my porch reading in the sunshine, the glorious California sunshine I, I don't know where my son was. <laughs> I, he might have been napping. I don't know. Um, this is what Ann Voskamp says. When your identity is in Christ, your identity is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Criticism can't change it. Failing can't shake it. Lists can't determine it. When your identity is in the rock, your identity is rock solid. As long as God is for you, 
It doesn't matter what mountain rises ahead of you. You aren't your yesterday. You are not your messes. You aren't your failures. And you aren't your brokenness. You are brave enough for today because he is. You are strong enough for what's coming because he is. And you are enough for all that is because he always is. Now, a sense of identity like that doesn't come when we're like Martha and we're flitting around going from one thing to the next. Trying to keep our head above the water. A sense of identity like that comes when we're like Mary. We stop, we sit at the feet of Jesus, even if we're doing dishes or whatever. And Jesus holds us up above the water so we can walk on it. When Peter came out of the boat, when Jesus said, come out, come out, come walk on the water with me. When did he start to sink? It was when he looked away from Jesus and looked at the waves. So friends, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the only thing worth looking at anyway. Let's welcome him into the everyday and the mundane because that is where friendship with Jesus is found. And when friendship with Jesus is found, we can find joy in anything, even the broken and beautiful mess of motherhood.